It must, it must be so great for fatties because only really genuine people will date. <laughs> No. <laughs> Online and pay respect to the elders past and present of the Yagara and Turrbal people. Sovereignty was never ceded. And this is Online Mole Patrol for a stroll down internet memory lane. I'm Hacklock, a visual artist and chronically online older millennial. And I'm Brian Butts, kind of like Ally McBeal, but fatter and gassier. <laughs> I like that. Sort of like two Ally McBeals duct taped together. Mm, butts out. Yeah, just like... Filled to the brim with sauerkraut. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I've got this picture in my head of like a Katamari Damacy ball of Ally McBeals. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> Just with like a cute belt in the middle. <laughs> um, so today I'm doing the main story, yep. which is going to be about Control-Alt-Delete, the webcomic. Oh, cool. Your eyes just lit up. You remember that? Yeah, I sure do. Um, And you're doing Bracket Battle? I am. Do you want me to tell you what I'm doing? Sure. The Hats of Alex Mack. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Nice. You know you want to look at some hats. I definitely want to look at Alex Mack. (laughs) Ew. She's like a preteen. I was a preteen when she was a preteen. Come on, Alex Mack was a queer awakening for a lot of young girls. Sure. I mean, like, looking back now at all the hats and stuff. Yeah. Especially the beanies. I'm like, and the best friend being, like, a boy. Yeah. And it being about having adventures and stuff. I'm like, this girl queer. Mm. But back then, I'm sure I had other concerns. All right. That's fair enough. Mm. Mm. I was into it. I mean, I'm not, like into a child now i'm just like appreciating that this was my childhood crush i think because i didn't have my own childhood crush on alex mack okay. i just had a little trouble kind of catching up there for a second fair enough um and then hyperlocal news for our final segment very exciting okay a bit of hyperlocal news i've got one i'm excited about i've only got one stuff. but sorry i've got some good stuff Okay, so... And when I say good stuff, I mean it's really bad. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Okay, so um, I'll go into a bit of background on what webcomics are uh, (laughs) for people who may not know. If you don't know what a webcomic is, just give up. (laughs) I mean, I'm talking about the boom of webcomics, which might have been before some of our listeners were internet savvy. That's the whole point of the podcast. 
Is it? I thought it was just self-indulgent crap. I mean, it's that. Okay. It is that. Right. But the layer, the veneer of... Uh, oh, of legitimacy. Yeah. Right. yeah is please, that we're educating. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Explain okay. what a webcomic is. <laughs> um, so... Okay. So, webcomics, unlike... <laughs> Well, <laughs> gentle listener, do you know what a comic is? <laughs> but on the internet. You should know that that's what a webcomic is. It's a comic <laughs> on the web. But uh, the difference between traditional comic printing and the industry versus when webcomics really took off, mm-hmm. uh, things like it, it was self-publishing. You didn't need to get picked up by a publisher, by a newspaper for no, syndication. No, gatekeepers, motherfucker. No. Yeah. And you had the... Ad- <laughs> it just means everybody's work is crap. Yeah, it also means there's no quality control. I love that. Um, there's no production costs. You're, I mean, maybe web hosting, but you're not, like, paying to physically print out your comic or anything. No. Um. And you had the adva- all the advantages of, like, the creativity of online. Like, you don't have to do a three-panel comic like you do in the newspaper. Yeah, you could do two. You don't have to do something that's rectangular. You can do any shape. Like family circle. Yeah. You can do <laughs> – you can add in animation. True. You can add in sound effects. You can add oh, in – Oh, you can have a comic with fart. <laughs> of course you could. Yes. You can also add in, like, hidden jokes. Like, if you hover your mouse over the image, maybe there's a second punchline. You can click through to more panels. Like, there's – it. I think the term is infinite canvas, which is Ugh. the advantage of publishing webcomics. Ugh, I'm not even high and that's too much. <laughs> the infinite canvas uh, of online. Uh. So there was a real boom in webcomics around, like, the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, and, like, if you're a gamer nerd now, <laughs> you might have a YouTube channel. You might stream True. on Twitch. You might have a podcast, perhaps. But back then, you had a webcomic. If you were creative and you were a nerd, you kind of did a webcomic, right? I th- I think I got my first smartphone in 2013 and I think that that was when I first started posting any like personal content with any real regularity and I wonder if something's there's been some kind of turning point in accessibility or affordability of things where you can record stuff maybe also something to do with the affordability of data yeah and um the web hosting like setting up your web page got sort of easier and easier do you remember as well like um least i could do was it's like and and i'm not here endorsing that as a comic to Mm. read like it's obviously really problematic but i always thought it was interesting maybe other web comics do the same thing but i thought it was interesting in as much as it was the guy writing it but then he had somebody else illustrating it for him yeah that's you see that a lot yeah so it's like it's only in the last couple of years that I realised that you can just buy in skill for stuff rather than having to, like, you know, punish yourself for not being able to do everything all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You can collaborate. I mean, there's also that comes along with its own set of issues. Oh, well, I can remember how the least 
least you could do, least I could do, whatever. That dude like pivoted to a different artist at some point. Ah, uh, I don't think that was one I ever read. I read a lot of it when I worked in a call center. Mm. I used a to, long time ago. I used to read a lot of webcomics. Mm. And I would, like, pick new ones up and then binge them. Oh, yeah, I just smash. Yeah. Yeah. Call, uh, comic, call, comic, call, <laughs> yeah. comic. Really easy. I mean, like, like TikTok. Like, it takes you 20 seconds to read the page. Go to the next one. Go to the yeah. next one. Go to the next one. Yeah. So um, much dopamine. Mm-hmm. And it was in the prime of Google Reader as well. Did you ever have Google Reader? Is that RSS? Feeds? Yeah. No. Because I hate learning new things. I refuse. <laughs> it seemed like a great idea. I just didn't want to do it. I loved it. It was an RSS feed aggregator. So, like, you would go to all your webcomic websites or all your blogs or whatever, mm. collect all the links to their RSS feeds, plug it into Google Reader, and rather than having to go to each individual website to check if there was a new comic, it would all automatically feed into your aggregator and you could just read through it like a Tumblr dashboard. I was working in the call center and I had like a number of different blogs that I would check every day that often tended to update pretty regularly. Mm. Passive aggressive notes. I remember that one. People of Walmart. Yes. I used to read People of Walmart until I had some kind of strange like class awakening or something. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not proud. My very worst date. Oh, I don't think I read that one. I submitted to it one time and got slut shamed. Harsh. Yeah. But was that what you were expecting? No. Oh. I was I was little. I was probably twenty two or twenty three. Mm. I was very naive about Aww. the ways of the internet. Though I'd already encountered 4chan. I think I thought all of the horrible people were like off in the They were all on 4chan. Yeah. Yeah. They're everywhere, man. Yeah, it turns out. Scum. Ah. You see how you scum. Yes. Uh so for me, mm-hmm. I kind of dropped off in the reading of webcomics when Google Reader died. Oh. Because I never really found a replacement that kind of suited my needs. Yeah. And I kind of just stopped. I mean, there's some that I occasionally go back to and sort of I'm surprised that they're still going. Some managed to pivot to Instagram pretty well. Oh, yeah. Um, and Control It Delete, the one I'm going to talk about today, is one of the few that is still going. Mm. Um, Penny Arcade is still going. <laughs> just, Are Penny Arcade just posting about being middle-aged men and having hemorrhoids and shit now? I think they pretend that that's not what they are. But... <laughs> we know. <laughs> uh, so I keep starting every sentence with so. So. Um, so. They built up fan communities around the websites via comment sections and forums built into the websites. Yes. Yeah, like each site would have its own forum. Kind of thing. So many forums. Yep. Um, and they would raise money by selling merch. Um, sometimes they would have donations was a big thing. I bought some uh, Kate Beaton stuff from Topatico. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a few things from Topatico as well. I bought quite a few stuff. I was a big fan of the guy who ran Topatico. Um, he did Wigu comics and overcompensating. Uh-huh. Uh, I was madly into all that shit at the time. A lot of the most successful webcomics, like monetarily successful, mm. were video game related. Oh, yeah. can see that. Because, um, you know, there's already like video gamers, video game, gamers congregating online. Those idiots are already used to paying money for their interests. <laughs> yes, true. They would 
want to support monetarily. Just kidding, gamers. I love you. <laughs> um, Penny Arcade is still probably the most successful of the webcomics. Um, they also spawned a con packs. Okay. Uh, which stood for Penny Arcade Expo, okay. which was like a gamer convention. Also, like tabletop gaming and role play games. And... I'm I'm sounding so dubious because of the amount of Penny Arcade I've read. Yes, I've also read a lot. Yeah, and uh, I think several years ago, the charity that they set up and that they raised a lot of money for Child's Play and um, PAX kind of started to distance themselves from Penny Arcade. I gather <laughs> uh, because Penny Arcade kept being real problematic, and they could also see that it was not good for that to impact those businesses. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. the sort of the branding is quite different now and like there's still a connection but it's not well, advertised so always much. that bad or are they getting worse because they're becoming old men? I think Do people get worse as they get older or is it like they're a product of their time? Uh I think I don't know. There's an element of if you constantly have people reinforcing your bad opinions, they get worse. <laughs> um, and responding really badly to criticism and not taking things on board <laughs> and like doubling down. My my brain just said the Louis C.K. effect. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. Oh. So like, yeah, they've they've done some pretty probo comics in the past. <laughs> um. Okay. Actually, that'd be tough, right? Because if you've got an archive of comics back to, what, like 2003? Yeah, or even earlier. Like, at least I get to look at my Facebook memories every day and scrub every instance <laughs> of me doing horrible stuff online. Yeah. Um, but your comic is there. Yeah, and people saved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody got receipts. Um. So anyway, another major video game-related webcomic that came a bit after Penny Arcade had already established dominance yep. was Control-Alt-Delete, yep. often referred to as CAD, C-A-D. Yeah. Um, and Control-Alt-Delete is the shortcut on a PC to reboot yes. a computer. So it's for nerds. <laughs> it's for people who use computers. Oh. That's everyone now. <laughs> Uh, it was written and drawn by just one guy. Yep. Tim Buckley. Uh-huh. Not Jeff Buckley's dad, Tim Buckley. <laughs> really? A different Tim Buckley. All right. Um, Dubious. <laughs> if it is, he really had a makeover after he faked his death. That would be the worst way. I'm going to kill myself and come back as a video game webcomic creator. It's the wrong way around. <laughs> Okay, so uh, a lot of the major video game comics had a pretty similar format. So you had a couple of guys sitting on a couch, playing video games, (laughs) talking about the video games, making jokes. Punchline. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes they were in the games and it would be like set in the the world of the game and they would interact with characters from the games. Uh, Sometimes they were just doing like puns and references to gaming. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and also lots of cool stuff like cartoon violence, epic bacon, ninjas, <laughs> and rape jokes. You get it. Well, gamers. Right? Funny stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
so funny. I used to read it so much. I'm trying to remember which one it is. No. Oh, this one. Yeah. I didn't fucking read this one. The big green logo. I only really encountered this one incidentally. And then everybody lost it about fucking loss, and I'm like, whatever, I give zero shits. That's what we're going to be talking about. Cool. <laughs> time to give a shit. Uh, all right, no, time to give a not shit. really. So the main character of the video game comics is usually like a representation of the author, but like an avatar. Author surrogate. Yeah. So, no. um, like in Penny Arcade, they're called like Tycho and Gabe. That's not actual names, but they're just spouting the opinions of yeah. Mike and yeah. whatever the other guy's name is. The main character is usually kind of representative of the author, but exaggerated and with all the fantasy elements that comic writing can provide. Like where they're cool. Yeah. Or people are interested in them sexually. And they change their physical appearance like a bit. So they have like cool hair. Yeah. And a jaw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being so savage. Oh, that's fine. And I want to be really clear that it's because I'm right about to bleed. <laughs> do you want me to include that yeah okay <laughs> the people have a right to know uh so i'll give you the plot synop- i feel really bad somebody new started at work this week okay. and like five days out onward i'm like i will destroy you <laughs> they're really nice but i'm not being nice oh <laughs> They'll hang around. I'm trying my best to be nice. It's just a very not nice version of nice. Okay. I'm showing them how to do stuff. Mm. I gave them a peanut M&M. That sounds nice. Took them to lunch. That sounds nice. Gave them a rundown of every coffee shop in the area. That does sound nice. But when I'm doing it, I'm like, I hate you. They might be able to pick up the vibe. They're robust. Okay. Um, So I'll give you the plot synopsis for CAD that's on Wikipedia. Yeah. It's pretty succinct. The plot of Control-Alt-Delete revolves around Ethan, the protagonist, and an over-the-top video game fanatic and his sarcastic roommate, Lucas. Sarcastic roommate, Lucas. (laughs) Who provides an unheeded voice of reason to Ethan's flamboyant actions. So you've got your wacky guy and the straight guy. Oh my god, what a duo. It's a revolutionary combination. What will they do next? Together with Ethan's girlfriend, now wife... Lila, the three engage in turmoil, which the comic storyline conveys through independent gaming-related puns by utilising well-known game titles, consoles, and pop culture references. Wait, there's a tag group I'm in for this. A psychotic chef Brian, ninjas, and mysteriously out-of-the-blue arrows occasionally appear in the series, adding a note of randomness to the comic. Plot twist, they are in a loving polyamorous triad. Um, so Control-Alt-Delete was seen, kind of seen by the webcomic community, the fans, as like a competitor to Penny Arcade. There was this rivalry and animosity between the people that liked either. And the people who didn't like CAD hated it. Really? Yeah. They didn't just dislike it. They hated it and they hated Tim, the writer. Like... Personally. <laughs> God. It was pretty full on. Um, though there are a lot of similarities between the comics, and maybe that's just it. It's similar, but it's not 
it's too similar. Is this like how Greece and Turkey fight all the time about who invented Turkish delight? Exactly the same. Got it. <laughs> Wait, what was the other comic? Penny Arcade. Ah, all right. Ah, oh, is this why I didn't read Control Delight? Probably. I was too busy reading. You're reading Penny, Penny Arcade. Arcade. Yep. It's like Trang versus Kwantan. Yep, yep, yep. There's no north side and south side to Brisbane. There's only two groups of people in Brisbane. People who go to Trang Mm -hmm. and people who go to Kwantan. Wait, you're Kwantan, aren't you? Yeah. So Trang is Penny Arcade and Kwantan. But um, I wasn't a control delete person. Uh, Which one did you read more of? Penny Arcade. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> but I thought you said you liked Control or Delete. No. Oh. I'm just aware. Oh. I would still read it occasionally. Okay. But I didn't think it was very funny. Okay. All right. I've misread this whole situation. Okay. So despite the kind of rivalry between the fan bases, there's a lot of similarities between the two comics. Even like visually. Yeah. Yeah. Um. There's a wacky guy and a straight guy. <laughs> there sure is. Mm-hmm. Lots of like preaching and ranting to the audience through the main characters. Yeah, I'm certainly familiar with that stylistically in terms of Penny Arcade. Yeah, um, and other stuff too, but I'll go into that later. Do they have heaps of rape jokes on Penny Arcade? Uh, well, one of the times I got in big trouble was the Dick Wolves comic, which was about <laughs> rape. Okay. Um I don't remember. I think rape jokes were still kind of washing over me at that point in time. Mm. Uh, so the big complaints by people who hated CAD were the jokes were repetitive and derivative <laughs> and not very well structured. They weren't good jokes. The art style wasn't complex and it didn't really grow after its initial stage. Got it. Um, there was a lot of copy and pasted images. Uh, the characters were always in the same poses. They always have their mouths open. Like, that was a really big complaint, (laughs) is that they always just had open mouths and the mouths were exactly the same shape. (laughs) So it would, like, make some people really resentful that this guy whose art they saw as inferior and, like, kind of cheaply done because there was a little copy and pasting, that he was making enough money to live off his webcomic when they thought, it was so it wasn't good. So people got really resentful and kind of nasty about it. Well, you know what? Like maybe you what the, well just I, I get a bit baffled when people are upset about that. It's like the market wants what the market wants, baby. Yeah. And like if you don't want it, then don't pay for it. And um <laughs> but, but if other people do, then that's fine. Broadly that art thing too where people go, "Oh, that's not very good. I could do that." And it's like, "Well, did you?" Yeah. Did you? Did you sit there? Did you put your time and practice in? No. (laughs) Sure, you probably could, but you didn't. No. So you didn't get the praise or the money for it, do you? No. I really am angry. (laughs) There was a couple of nasty rumours about Tim, but there was such a strong, like, hater group (laughs) that it's hard to tell if it was just trying to slander him because they disliked him and how much was genuine. Mm. The nastiest one was that he had sent a dick pic to an underage girl, which is bad. There was one beautiful moment there where I thought you were going to say that he had sent a poo in the mail. 
<laughs> no. Where did you where did you pluck that from? Because that's what I love to talk about all the time. Sending people a poo in the mail. Um, I dare to dream. One but day no, someone no. will send you a poo in the mail. Oh, no. I'll send them a poo. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the nasty, the nastiest of the rumours about him that went around a lot. But it was okay. going around within the, the hater circles, so you don't know. Was it ever born out? I don't know. Mm-mm. He could be he could be a creep. But we don't know. No, you're right. Um, let's talk a little bit more about Tim's style of comic writing. Uh, despite having like a kind of mouthpiece character through Ethan, he would also do comics where he just directly drew himself, <laughs> speaking directly to the audience, and the the character of himself looked almost identical to the character of Ethan. <laughs> One of the most agrarious examples. Oh, my God, egregious. Egregious, that's the word I'm thinking of. Like an agrarian society. (laughs) One of the most agrarian examples. (laughs) Was when he went Amish for a month. (laughs) It's like the opposite of Rumspringer. (laughs) He did this comic that was called, like, An Open Letter to Jack Thompson. Jack Thompson. Jack Thompson is an Australian actor, but that's not who it was. It was also a guy in America who was an attorney and kind of activist against obscenity and video games. No, oh, fuck off, Square. So he would, like, sue game developers for making games that were considered too violent or sexual. <sighs> Um, I think more he sued... sexy games. More I... sexy games. <laughs> I think he had a go at Howard Stern at some point. Um, and he was involved in cases where uh, there'd been like a murder or a mass murder and they blamed the murder on the fact that the guy had played violent video games. So he was the guy orchestrating that. I think you're that. getting the cart before the horse there, buddy. Mm, he was um, the, the violent video game defence was his big thing. Um, and... oh, I get it. Yeah. He's afraid of the chaos. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe he's just really bad at games and so he wants them removed. Oh, he hates games. Yes. I'll, I'll show those games. Just <laughs> wait. He's got really slow thumbs. <laughs> Notoriously slow thumbed Jack Sorry, Thompson. I just had a flashback to being like six years old and just sucking ass at a frogger. <laughs> And you're like, that's it. I'm bringing down the whole industry. I didn't realise that you could just oh, keep on holding it down and keep on moving. I thought you had to press it every time for every no. lane. But now you know. Now I know. Are you good at Frogger now? No, I just constantly play the horrible block game on my phone. What's the block game? Block game. I'm addicted to block game. Must play block game. Block game? It's called 1010. Um, but... It's like Tetris oh. with no time pressure because I don't want to get stressed out. Oh, yeah, that looks nice and yeah, chill. there we go. And then if we fill up. Ooh. I will show you an exa- the final panel from that comic directed at Jack Thompson. Well, I won't look at it because I'm playing block game. Do I have to ban the block game? I'll stop playing block game. Block us! <laughs> oh, God. God. Do you want to read it out? Do you want me to read it out? My name is Tim Buckley. 
I'm a 24-year-old gamer. I've played every violent game in existence, and I have never killed anyone. Whoa. There are millions of gamers just like me, and we're getting sick of people like you blaming your problems on us. Ignorance causes violence, not video games. I'm not sure that I think that's correct. Man up and take responsibility. We we outnumber you and the people that think like you. Don't fuck with us. I love how he's like, I've never killed anyone. We're not violent. Don't fuck with us. Yeah, he's like, we're not violent. And to prove how not violent we are, I will be violent to you. I will send you a poo in the mail. <laughs> Which, oh, the character there with the crossed arms and the blah, blah, the open mouth. I can see the criticism now. Yeah. Um, one eyebrow up. Oh, the arched eyebrow was also a very constant thing. Uh, Someone, one of the... Please don't make me think about how obnoxious I was when I was 24. Oh, yeah, I was also probably horrid. Someone else pointed out that the final line, that don't fuck with us, is also in Fight Club when they have that guy <laughs> bound and he says, don't fuck with us. They're threatening to, like, cut off his balls. Yeah. So it's, like, directly, like, a reference to violence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're missing the mark there, bud. Like, you're right. But of course Jack Thompson's is. wrong. He's, but... like, 24. Yeah. So he's an idiot. Um, Sorry, 24-year-old. <laughs> so a lot of people, like, agreed with what he was trying to do but found that really cringy and off-base. Yeah. And after a while of being, like, accused of plagiarism a lot, he started sort of focusing the comic on other things. He started developing the lives of the characters, sort of less attempts at jokes, more storyline as well. Yep. Um, and it wasn't met favorably by a lot of fan base because <laughs> he'd sort of built up this fan base around video game stuff. Yep. And then he's sort of adding in personal dramas and they're like, we're here for video games. Yeah. Um, so he sort of had a bit of both going on. He was interspersing the video game content with the storyline stuff. Ethan built a kind of Android AI Xbox, or he built it out of an Xbox, and that became another character, another main character called Zeke. Um, <laughs> Ethan got a girlfriend called Lila um, who liked playing video games. That was like her one personality trait. She was a girl who played video games. She's not like other girls. No. Um, and there was this kind of tonal shifting between cartoon violence, girl who likes video games, hubba hubba. Hachi machi. <laughs> there was this nonsense chef character who would just say random things. What, why? It was just like gibberish because I think so it's like funny. chef? No. His name was Chef Brian. What? Let me show you an example. What? Get fucked. <laughs> I have a carrot. Guy says, fuck your carrot. So Chef Brian stabs him in the face and says, stab. 
The guy says, oh, sweet Jesus, there's a carrot in my eyeball. My eyeball. Ah, gah, now my head has burst into flames. The agony. And then Chef Brian says, and that is why the lines on the road are yellow. It makes no sense. I Ho, ho, ho. Non sequitur. I think I remember when this is what humor was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Back so, before we had TikTok. <laughs> like, I like a non sequitur, but this is not, it's not really working for me. That's not it. Yeah. Um, so then you'd have, like, the nonsense chef character. Then you would have Lucas goes on a date with a fat girl. <laughs> um, is that a thing? Yeah. Can I please see Lucas goes on a date with a fat girl? Uh, the punchline of Lucas goes on a date with a fat girl is he didn't realise she was fat when he went agreed to the date and then she was fat and he went on the date anyway kind of out of uh, lols. And then at the end of the date she revealed she wasn't fat the whole time. It was just to find out if he was a good guy or not. I want to see this. Okay. All right, here's the first comment. I feel like poor decisions have been made about where speech bubbles go in order to follow, like... Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's the joke. So the next one is her going... Huh? I see him going, huh? Roommate, sister, so confused. No, Lucas, it's me, Kate. Look, when I said I worked in wardrobe, more specifically, I'm a costume designer... I'm not just some weirdo with a fat suit. I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to lie to you. I just, I date so many creeps. I don't know, I guess. I just wanted to see if someone would like me for who I am, no matter what. <laughs> I feel like it really actually betrays a fundamental misunderstanding of what the experience of dating as a fat person involves. Oh, yeah, deeply. Like, as if, like, him as a writer is going like, oh, it must, it must be so great for fatties because only really genuine people will date. <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely oh, not. Fuck me. How, how many times have you gone on a date and then realised the person was going on a date with you as a joke? Um, I haven't really had anything like that happen. Oh, I have. As an adult, that was more like... When you were younger? Teasing kind of childhood fodder. Like, the punchline of a joke would be, like, somebody has a crush on me or something. Yeah. I definitely got the, like, ha-ha, you fucked the whale kind of thing. Anyway, so, yeah, that's that's some examples of his lovely writing there. Do they get married or, like, what happens next in that They arc? have a long-term relationship. That's, <laughs> that's the beginning of their long-term relationship. I'm not sure how he thinks that's supposed to come off, like, his character is like a dick about it. Oh, it turns out you're thin. Now I'm into you. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I just had to check that you weren't an asshole, And he's like, whew got away with uh, not looking like an arsehole. Like, yep. Yep. Phew. 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 She's hot. Phew. Phew. <laughs> uh, okay, so going back to the tonal shifts. She didn't notice that he was an asshole no. during that day. He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> what a fucking dumb. Uh, okay, so just going back to cutting in and out of the tonal shifts. Yeah, 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 so we've got yeah, cartoon yeah. violence. 
video game love and girlfriend. Oh, uh, yeah. There was a carrot in the eye like five, five minutes ago. I can see that seems to be from a different point in time because the art seems a bit different. Yeah, that was yeah. a bit different. But you would you would get that chef guy in between characters going on dates. Then you'd have these characters that were like player one and player two within a game. Player one describes a game by listing the other games it's a mixture of. Player two says, my testicles just high-fived my brain. Uh, then the couples have ongoing problems. Oh, Yelling Bird was in questionable content. I remember questionable content. Yeah. Uh, then Ethan calls a video game developer and complains about how much the game sucks. Then Lila, Ethan's girlfriend, is pregnant. Then the joke about playing like an asshole in StarCraft 2 and it giving you a reward for being an asshole. Then a few comics about Ethan accidentally making a hole in a wall with a brick and rocket powder, whatever that is. And then Lida is in the hospital and we get the comic Loss. <laughs> Shall we look at Loss? I mean, I kind of, yeah, sure. I, I, I think that I, I think I respect in, in, I don't respect this comic, but in lots of people's work, I kind of respect those sorts of tonal shifts because it's like, that's what people are really like, that there's silly bits and there's funny bits and there's mean bits and there's real bits. So Loss is a completely dialogue free, which is the opposite of his regular style. There's a frame of Ethan running into the emergency room doors. (laughs) There's also a frame where he has his mouth shut. (laughs) Also very out of character. (laughs) Then you've got him at reception talking to a nurse and then you've got him speaking to a doctor. Did his partner actually have a miscarriage? Well, this is what we'll go into. Okay. And then you've got him standing behind a horizontal crying Lila. And that's loss. And that is giving you the impression that she had a miscarriage. Okay. So that tonal jumping led to a kind of split in the audience. You had people who had sort of come for the video game content and were mostly interested in the video game content and would just kind of skip over the life storyline stuff because they weren't really interested in that. Yeah. They sort of saw that as filler. And then you got the people who got invested in the storyline stuff and didn't really care about the video game stuff. It's all that was filler. So you had these sort of two different audience bases developing. Um, and then when Lila got pregnant, they started there started to be a lot of pushback. Like, oh, she has a there's a lot of com- comics about the pregnancy. She has a baby. Is this going to become like a parenting blog? We that's not really what we're here for. So he was sort of losing a lot of followers as well. Mm. And then when loss happened it kind of like broke everyone's brain (laughs) because there hadn't been because there was this sort of really cartoon violence silly jokes puns miscarriage there wasn't the gravitas that that subject like it just didn't land the the gravitas of that of the subject that it requires and so people just yeah they kind of like broke their minds and the amount of parodies that resulted like immediately yeah um a lot of other comics did parodies of it pretty quickly cyanide and happiness did one uh a comic called igra did a really good one that'll show you yahtzee who used to do yeah the zero punctuation he did a video thing about it um and then 4chan and something awful took off running with it as well 
And it's become this long-running meme. What year did Lost happen in? 2008. God, and somebody's, like, posting about Lost today. Yeah, you saw one today. Yeah. So, like, that's long-term for a meme. But it's also really evolved as a meme. Like, the first kind of parodies and responses are, like, direct copies of the comic where they've changed the punchline or... Okay, I'll show you. I'll show you the ego one, which I think and is pretty funny. Like the ones that I think I'm more familiar with now, like some of my favorite memeing is like kind of weird, like beyond content into process. Like, you know, bought posting is like blow my mind these days. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so a lot of the lost stuff that I see people doing these days is not making fun anymore it's like they're just riffing on how iconic the format mm. has become it's become this sort of abstracted minimalist yes. thing it's just like abstraction upon abstraction upon abstraction i'm like so into it it's like you don't even you know, like i don't really have this meaningful cultural connection to like whatever the fuck was going on with loss at the time yeah but i do i still like i i have a different sort of connection to loss <laughs> memes jesus fuck <laughs> oh you want to describe it okay all right so <laughs> okay game of comic by insipid fucks <laughs> okay <laughs> panel one woman saying to man and that's how i won a million dollars playing jill of the jungle <laughs> and he says oh good and then there's this panel where, oh, it's just so, like, embodied or something. So there's fart, <laughs> fart. But it's like, it's like it's written in shit. Yes. And, like, you know, like. It's the, very bubbly. Yeah, the speech bubble, like, connects to a butthole. The, the speaker to the words ordinarily, yeah. like, via the mouth. But here, it's like a poo. <laughs> Connecting her butt to the word fart, but fart's also written in poo. <laughs> and then the front of her jeans, <laughs> it, it, like it looks like poo, but it's it's maroon. Yeah. We should note. And then the front of her jeans has a red stain and she says, I just miscarried. <laughs> and his face is exactly the same in every fucking panel prior to this with sleepy eyes and a dumb open mouth. Yep. And then... The last panel is them in grotesque agony. In very kind of, of Ren and Stimpy-esque, like, over-the-top. Like um, olive oil with the arms waving yeah. in the air kind of Yeah, feel. it's just gone from... And that was one of the first responses. Um, I'll bring, oh, bring up the... fuck stain, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, he also started defending the comic pretty quickly. Like, he or would always put, like, a bit of a blog post underneath each comic talking about, like, what's going on with yeah, the comic was, stuff. I remember that being a norm. Yeah, that's pretty normal. So he wrote, like, a big defence of it underneath after the initial pushback. And some of the stuff he said in the defence is interesting. I know that everybody has their own idea of what Control-Alt-Delete is supposed to be. Some people think it's a video game comic and the character stories are just filler, 
or don't belong. And some people think it's a story comic and the one shots are just filler. I guess that's what I just said before. Most times it's categorized as a gaming comic, which is fine and understandable. When asked directly, though, I describe Control-Alt-Delete as a gamer comic or a comic about gamers. Semantics, perhaps, but an important distinction for me, while the strip has always and will always have its foundation firmly rooted in gaming, it's not the only topic I want to tell jokes and stories about. Well, there's an author surrogate. It's he likes games. He's writing the comic. It's clearly about him and about his life. It's no surprise to me that it's essentially vaguely autobiographic in as much as he's writing stuff about him and he's also telling you jokes that he came up with to do with stuff that he thinks is funny. Yeah. It's just the Tim show. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's joking about games or some fucking bullshit about stabbing people in the eye with a carrot mm-hmm. or hey my girlfriend's having a miscarriage it's fine yeah so he- oh he's made the mistake of thinking that anybody gives a shit about him yeah yeah he's mis- he has made the mistake of thinking that people caring or enjoying his work means that they care about him as a human oh he centered himself I've solved it. Shut it down. <laughs> so the thing he says about his experience of miscarriage in the um, in the post is, here's one I think I heard mentioned a while back and that I anticipate being mentioned, Tim will never do a miscarriage comic because the strip will become all sad and depressing. Again, I disagree. A miscarriage is definitely not a joke and I have no intention of making light of it and it can be a tough and emotional thing for couples to go through. Speaking from personal experience, and I know that it's often much harder on the woman than on the man, however, I also often. know... <laughs> However, I also know that it doesn't Jesus. necessarily turn you into a sad, depressed sack of tears for the rest of your life. People can move past it and heal. It would, <laughs> it, yeah. It would have been so much more effective, in my view, if he just said, it's my comic and I'll write whatever the fuck I want to write about. Yeah. He is an insipid fuckstain. It's often, it's often harder for the woman. Yeah, um, the Cyanide and Happiness parody was just that as the final panel, like that text. (laughs) Show me, show me, show me. Here we go. So they've copied the format of loss and he comes in, he speaks to the doctor, he sees the crying woman. (laughs) Jesus fuck. (laughs) And then he speaks about it and says, but I won't become a crying sack of shit over it. Okay, okay. So it's cyanide and happiness. It's very clearly cyanide and happiness, but it's absolutely everybody's moving through the motions in loss, but it's six panels. <laughs> and then hand on hip, <laughs> hand out. Yes. Eyes closed, looking, I don't know, is this supposed to be like smug or mm. like mm, condescending thoughtful some many years ago i was in a relationship and we suffered a miscarriage now this relationship was toxic to begin with and doomed to fail regardless so that the miscarriage was the straw that broke the camel's back came as no surprise still it's a tough thing to handle because it's nobody's fault and i know that it's often much harder on the woman than on the man however i also know that it doesn't necessarily turn you into a sad depressed sack of tears for the rest of your life people move past it so that's all stuff that he said in that post. And if you say what, what an ill-considered <laughs> yeah. hot take. If you save the file for that cyanide and happiness comic. 
Tim actually said this. Tim actually ENG. said this is the name of the file. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, good shit. I really can't imagine that being the kind of, like, Facebook comment where you come in and you just tear some cunt to shreds yes. after they've said something that fucking dumb. Uh, so. Not that I do a lot of tearing dumb cunts to shreds on Facebook anymore. No, I mean Because I'm so mature these days. It's not very effective. I'm lying. I'm just too busy playing block game now. <laughs> I really enjoy the way that the meme has evolved into this, like, more and more simplistic rendering of the pattern of the comic. Yeah, you don't even need to put that much effort into... Like, you can just call on this <laughs> rich sort of shared cultural history about like what we're yeah it's just a symbol now and you don't even need to put the context of going of no. like showing that it's a gamer comic or anything like it just if you boil it down to its most simple elements there is a line which is yes the character yes. the people one yep. and then two where one's a bit shorter because it's the nurse lower down yes. and the two parallel lines of the tim and the doctor yeah. And then, or Ethan and the Doctor, and then a horizontal and a vertical line. Yeah. And that's it. That's all you need, and that's lost. And so. I, well, I think that it says something really beautiful about how you can be an absolute idiot fuckwit and make something so iconic. Yeah. And so timeless. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of timeless for its failure to hit the mark, but. Well, I mean. It, it affected I, I, I'm, people. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, 12 years later, and. Um, mm. Wait, 13? Yeah, 13. Yeah. Another part of the way that it's evolved is, apart from people, like, seeing the pattern and recognising it as loss, mm. is people responding to something that's not intended to be a reference to loss, but they've recognised that pattern in the imagery and then going, is this loss? And I is this loss? love that. Yeah. I just, I enjoy the way that it has permeated people's brains. Especially when it sort of happens accidentally. Um, I haven't watched the whole thing, but I saw a, when I was researching this, um, a guy called Meme Analysis. <laughs> Love it. And he does like in-depth meme analysis. And he was comparing sacred geometry of the tarot yes. to loss. <laughs> Do you remember that meme that like maybe it was 12, maybe it was like three by four and it was like these runes with funny little like abstracted names. Yes. And one was like the lady in turmoil smug cat kind of thing. <laughs> yes. And I think when I posted it, I didn't realize it was about memes. So I was like, oh, that looks cool. <laughs> but Loss was in there. Yeah, yeah. But I forget what they called loss for the purpose of that meme yeah it was very that was very very well done that one but it was that thing that you're talking about like these like the sacred geometry of these totally abstracted and absolutely stylized um memes i've got a couple of examples here too mm -hmm. like this one which is just the line work Yes, yes. And my this one, which is just, it looks like you would see it on Instagram, a kind of photo collage. And it's not even a photo collage. It's just like an angled photo that is 
Wow, I love that. It's a picture of like a concrete pole. Yeah. And that takes up one side of the frame and then yep. the other side of the frame you've got the ocean. And the ocean is broken in half by the horizon and the sky. So it's got sky, line across, ocean. The other side you've got half the concrete pole is unfinished and the other half is painted and there happens to be stains on them that replicate the patterns of the lines yeah. and the boat and it's it's loss. Yeah. But it's just a photo of the ocean. Love that. Incredible. Amazing. It's art. The boats. One's, yeah. It's That's art. IMO. <laughs> Imagine being willing to say the relationship was toxic, it was doomed to fail, and yet here I am representing the other person's miscarriage in my art that I get paid for. And saying about this ex-partner's miscarriage in my syndicated column. Yeah. And also say, it's it's not going to make you sad forever. I'm... With no regard for how she actually feels in that situation. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Does he even know? Probably not. Who knows if he knows? The relationship's well over. I mean, it may well be true, but again, another example where I'm baffled by how graceless other people can be like if i'm not gonna if they do a thing that i can't contemplate me having the poor sense to do how did they get there because i'm the worst maybe you're not the worst doesn't check out (laughs) can't pause that in retrospect some of the criticisms of cad at the time were a bit over the top um and there's this great H Bomber Guy video about <laughs> such good value. I think it's called Serious Law Analysis Two or Three or something. And it'll have control I'll delete in the title. Okay. Looking for it. Um, but he sort of breaks down how a lot of the criticisms of CAD could be j- just completely exactly applied to Penny Arcade. Yeah. Um, a lot of like particular comics that people had an issue with there was a completely comparable Penny Arcade comic doing the same thing. Yeah. There's one where Tycho rants at, at Jack Thompson and he's like, he looks kind of grotesque in his ranting and like it's also very aggressive. Um, they use violence as punchlines all the time. There was randomness. Like it's not, yeah. it wasn't that different. And a lot of the issues that people kind of had with the way that I'm- he... Do people think that Penny Arcade was doing it better artistically speaking? Or yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you know, like you do something well, you get away with a lot more. It's just like the rules. But it's also you do something first, you get away with a lot more. Yeah. yeah. But also a lot of the, the issues that people kind of had with Tim and then the way that it came out in his work, um, like the way that he would kind of miss the way that human relationships actually work. <laughs> and <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking about questionable content <laughs> Uh, and the sort of the depth of the female characters yeah, and the kind of cringy posturing of trying to look tough and yes. all of that stuff, they're actually the problems that we have with gamers <laughs> and that this kind of social incompetence is rife in gamer communities, that the attitudes to women is rife in gamer communities. Actually, this is an accurate 
portrayal of the way gamer people <laughs> think and interact and think the world works. So, uh, yeah, that video is really good. And it's an, it, sort of, it gave me a lot because I sort of bought into a lot of, I mean, a lot of the criticisms are totally fair. The mouth was always exactly the same. <laughs> but some of the stuff about him as a person, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Maybe it's just that. Oh, but like as soon as you decide you don't like somebody's art. Everything about it is annoys you. Hate them. Yep. Kill them. Yep. So that's a, a like an alternative view that's sort of worth looking into. And <laughs> it's like a measured response video, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, an, it's an old one. He did it quite a while ago. Okay, sweet. Um, so that's all I wanted to say about loss. I think loss <laughs> is a very interesting example of the evolution of a meme. Is he still writing it? Yeah. Fuck. And the reason that I brought it up is... The current storyline, and I haven't had a good look at it, um, but the current storyline involves Zeke the robot questioning their gender identity. And it seems to be (laughs) being handled very sensitively. Okay. So this might be a bit of a Tim Black Lily redemption arc going on there. Watch this space. Mm, be interesting to see how it pans out. But the person who tweeted about it, which was how I saw, was like, I'm, and they were a trans person. They were like, I am, I expected this to be quite different. I am quite impressed with how they are handling it so far. So, interesting. I feel tempted to check it out. Okay. Definitely not going to, though, because I'll be too busy playing block games. (laughs) So I will chuck um, the comic and, of course, examples of the parodies and everything on our website, onlinemolepatrol.com. We're going to title this, Is This Lost? (laughs) Of course. Awesome. All right, so. Bracket battle? Time for a bracket battle. All right, didn't use all my battery on block game. (laughs) Pick a topic and we battle it out. Bracket battle. Okay, so for bracket battle today, the hats of Alex Mack. We'll go through systematically to determine which hat is the best hat. I'm so excited. Okay, I wish I could hit shuffle on photos in my album, Mm. but here we are. I'll just start in the middle. So obviously this is a very visual exercise. Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe we can enrich this by speaking to the hats. Okay, show me the hat. Okay, we've got a plaid cap on backwards. Yep, and it's a... Uh, um, back when caps weren't just fabric at the back and they had the adjustable band. With yeah, the, little... the plastic strip with the yeah. little push things in. Yeah. Versus a different cap. Snap back, is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Versus this other cap, oh. which is grey, but it has like a slider belt instead. Ah, uh, yes. And it's sort of pulled so, tightly. Also on backwards. Also on backwards. So backwards slider cap, grey, versus plaid snapback. Plaid. Yeah, agree. Hard agree. The grey one just has no soul. See ya. All right. Um, so black <laughs> snapback. Black denim? Black denim, I think. Yeah. On, on backwards, yep. of course. Classic. Also a little bit of a jaunty angle. Versus, <gasps> is that called a toque? I don't know what it's that's like a called. a little beanie with like, it, it looks like it's blue denim and it's like rolled up at the edge. Yeah. And it's like rounded on top. Yeah. Maybe woolen? 
it looks like it could be woolen or denim. I think it might be. Let me just check. Denim. Okay. Toque. T-O-Q-U-E. Okay. A woman's small hat having a narrow, closely turned up brim. A small cap or bonnet worn by a man or a woman. All right. I reckon that one. You want the toque? The toque. The... Yeah. All right. There we go. Do ba do do do. All right. Plaid fedora. <laughs> oh no. Versus flower beanie. Oh, and the flower beanie has that thing where it's like longer than your head, so you've got yeah. like that gap at the top. It's like a. It's grey with like purple flowers. flowers. Yeah. They look like um daisies. Well, it's you know like one of those tag groups where it's like secret buttholes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um plaid fedora. Oh. Secret buttholes. The plaid fedora is very similar to the plaid baseball cap, but it's a fedora. You don't have to worry about the plaid baseball cap right now. Okay. Because it's just down to plaid okay. fedora All right. versus that beanie. I think I like the beanie better. Yeah, I support you. The fedora has fedora style, but Okay. A brown toque. Mm. Mm. Versus stripey beanie. Stripey beanie, definitely. Stripey beanie. And such a 90s kind of outfit. The dungarees. The striped striped shirt. shirt. Yeah. The stripes on the shirt match the stripes on the beanie. The warm tones. Yeah. Okay. With the bright blue denim. All right. What we got here? Um, Blue bucket hat. (laughs) Turned up. Brim turned up. Yeah. Blossom moment. Yeah. Versus green bucket hat. Oh, the first one because it's got a little patch on it. Yeah. Yeah. Patch is good. Don't know what the patch says. Who cares? Not me. Um, A different patent bucket (laughs) hat brim turned up. Does it have something written on it? No, that's just the patent. Oh, okay. Yeah. Versus, um, I don't, I I think I would say that that's a fedora or a trilby with a different pattern. Can I have a closer look at that? Yeah, get in there. It's kind of flat on top. Yeah. It's oh, like this the is very of, of the a era. scar guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, they're both so ugly. Um, that flat top one is something special. Let's stick with that one. Yeah, I like that one. Nude snapback. Yeah. Versus a different stripey beanie, yellow and maroon. Oh. The nude is too boring. You got that yellow black yeah, stripe or whatever it is. With that little extra bit on top of the beanie sticking up. Okay. Um, blue beanie with a little red wave there. Mm-hmm. Got a pattern. Yeah. Versus <laughs> what different blue beanie. <laughs> it's, just, it's just from front on, so it looks a bit funny because it's the, it looks like a long beanie that's folding back. Yeah, over and it's head. kind of got the square corners going on. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh, you want that one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I respect that. Okay. Different snapback blue has some pattern. Kind of tie-dye-ish. Um, or is it like one of those, you know, Aztec-inspired embroidered kind of jobbies? Find it at City Beach. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Surf, dive, and ski. Mm-hmm. Versus brown snapback. Oh, no, the first one. 
You know, I think when I was younger, the possibility of people in the world actually being queer felt so remote and unthinkable that I think there was no way for me to parse, like, the possibility of this presentation pointing to queerness. Yeah. It might not have been, have been intended that way, but... <laughs> Looking back now, goodness gracious. It... Okay. Red bandana. Oh, rolled up bandana. Versus a very cool. Oh, that's a good one. Thick. Earth toned waffle yeah. woven kind of beanie a situation. A really thickly textured beanie. Really into that beanie myself. But it's a red bandana. I'm not that bandana. I'm all about that it's beanie. A cl- it's a classic. Uh, it's because you're racist. That's why I don't oh, like it. No, it's because you're racist because I don't want to appropriate the culture of whichever gang. The, the, Crips or the blood? Yeah. I forget, I which, forget one. which one is which. Surely the bloods are red. I would she assume so. Caucasianly. <laughs> she Caucasians lead into the room. Um, Look, you choose. Beautiful, amazing beanie. <laughs> Versus I feel like there's some emotive language being used here. <laughs> Let's go with the beautiful, amazing beanie. Oh, hooray. What a surprise. <laughs> okay, blue snapback. Classic. Versus. Oh, another waffly one. waffle beanie. I think it's the same brand. It seems to have the same marking on it. It is. Oh, she's got a sponsorship. I really liked it. Mm, I like that one better. You like that beanie. Yep. All right. Like, I know the snapbacks are classic Alex. no shortage of snapbacks. Yep. Okay. Maroon beanie. (laughs) And this one I think is a little special because in addition to it being a bit longer than her head, it's quite tight. So it Mm. really fits the contour of the head and then puffs back out again. Is that a bit of like an East 17 sort of feel? Very East Mm. 17. It also reminds me of... um... Versus Orange... Classic kind of snowboarder, yeah. Sort of beanie, you got a bit of a pattern in the top section, and it's, it's plain the, around the, the band. Yeah. yeah, um, I'm just trying to remember. Okay, there was this episode of Ghost Writer, the kids' okay. show, okay. where Julia Stiles was on as a young oh. actress, and she played a hacker. I thought you were about to say she played a hat. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it just that beanie made me think of it, and I'm just looking up her beanie, and it's way cooler. It's... Show me the beanie. Oh, wow. I love this for her. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when Julia Stiles played a streetwise hacker? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not just a hacker, also streetwise. <laughs> oh, hang on. We can see the beanie from another angle. Oh, man. Look at it in all its glory. Is that a beanie or is it just a shirt tied around her head? I think it's both. Wow. Love it. Anyway, continue. Okay. Speaking of uh, uh, women making me queer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maroon. Yep. A kind of lumpy thing. Sensual fitted beanie. The East 17 look. Yeah. Or. Or the snowboarder. Snowboarder. Ah. Oh. It is a classic look. It's a classic. Let's go with the classic. I think we already have one that's kind of got that shape. Okay, all right. Yep, in the mix. Okay, pink beret. Ooh, a baby pink. Versus blue beanie <laughs> with a pom-pom. Oh, and it's got little, like, snowflakes. snowflakes. It's got a pom-pom, but it's a pink beret. Pink beret. 
go the pink beret. Yeah, I agree. Black toque. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like a little burglar beanie. I can see some cake in the background. Is that her formal wear? I've no idea. I did not pull these from actual episodes. <laughs> I'm just wondering if this is her formal beanie. <laughs> oh, like her job interview beanie. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. So formal beanie versus. Because <laughs> it's just plain black. It's very sedate. Kangol hat. Oh, Kangol hat. Yep. Yep. Oh, it's going to be hard to narrow these down. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. When are they coming back into fashion? Hopefully never. A different Kangol hat. <laughs> yep. First, The first one was green and this one's like maroon. Um, brown scar hat. Oh, but like top. really wide brimmed? Yeah. Sort of awkwardly wide brimmed, but not like a wide brim My favourite thing about this is like the natural blonde hair, kind of ashy, mm. and then like the kind of subdued micro paisley or micro floral. Yeah. This is a real look. It's very 90s. Sure. Do you is. reckon that's suede as well? Does look like the hat does look like it's suede. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I could go with that. Brown suede. Brown suede flat top arrangement versus a different Kangol hat. We've already got a Kangol, so I'm going to go the brown suede. Okay, there we go. It's sort of awkwardly shaped. Okay. Red beanie. Oh, wow. It's got a bit of an oversized feel. Got some diamonds. There's a band. It's very red. It is very red. Maybe she was glowing at that point. Another Kangol hat. <laughs> and um, Paisley. Oh, not Paisley. Plaid. Plaid. Plaid Kangol hat. Ooh. Or some kind of beret. No, it looks like a Kangol hat backwards. I think it is a Kangol hat backwards. Um, yeah, go the Kangol. Okay. Oh, my God. Um, who's the character in Clueless, the skater boy? Yeah, Travis. She looks like Travis. She does. And I knew who the actor was. He's quite short. Yeah. So B, like Breaker, Brecker, Brecken, Brecken Meyer? Oh, Brecken, Brecken Sol. Uh, uh, wait. Brecken Mayer, something? Mm. Birkenstock, breakfast. Travis Birkenstock is the character. <laughs> Brecken Meyer. Brecken Meyer. Okay, that's pretty close. Um, yeah, she's got like a... Look at him, I had a big crush on that guy. I had a bit of a crush on him. Yeah. Thumbs up, buddy. Okay. What a sweetie. But it's quite true that Alex Mack does look like him there. Yeah, she's got like a green. tails with the beanie. It's stripy. It's the earthy tone. Olive and maroon stripe. It really comes in at the top of the head and then blooms out. out Yeah. Okay, love it. Um, Versus this kind of patterned flat top bucket oh, hat oh god hand up situation um go in the Breck and Meyer look yeah I mean that's I think that's a very solid look mm-hmm. as well I think we may have done one full sweep through let's just go back through directly let's do this flat top oh yep bucket hat brim turn up situation versus the Breck and Meyer hat Breck and Meyer yeah solid and blue bucket hat, brim turned up, versus Kangol. Oh, I mean, that turned up bucket hat is classic Alex. I'm going to go with that. Yeah, all right. 
brown <laughs> flat top, yeah. bucket hatty, broom turned up situation versus stripy beanie. Stripy beanie. Stripy beanie. Solid look. Yep. They're both strong looks. It's the in full, my the full outfit is also adding. Yeah. The, the tying in of the shirt and the, oh. the secret butthole <laughs> versus a Kangol hat. Green Kangol hat. Green um, butthole. Kangol. Butthole. Butthole. Kangol. Butthole. Yeah. Okay. Um, beanie with a stripe going up the head. <laughs> like a skunk. Taken from the front. Strange contours versus yellow and maroon stripy beanie. Strange contours. Strange, strange contours. <laughs> Do you want to rename the podcast? No, that's just uh, my um, porn name. <laughs> okay. Um, plaid snapback versus blue snapback. Plaid the... snapback. Plaid. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. Okay, blue toque mm-hmm. versus... Oh, your favourite. Like the... Yeah. It's not quite into the lavender. It's oh, what would you even say? It's like, it's like space yarn. It's like a muted space yarn. Mm, sort of musk. waffle <laughs> beanie. Um, Blue toque versus my favourite beanie. Okay, your favourite beanie. Stick with your favourite. I wasn't trying to influence the outcome there. You absolutely were. No, I wasn't. Your favourite beanie. <laughs> Which is the, the lavender, lavender yep. waffle versus the classic snowboarder. Ooh. I'm going to go classic snowboarder. Sweet. It seems more Alex to me. We're up to Pink Beret. Pink Beret. Let's just go back through. Okay, Pink Beret versus Classic Snowboarder. Pink Beret. My favourite beanie versus <laughs> Plaid Snapback. Plaid Snapback. It's a classic one. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Um, strange Contours <laughs> versus Secret Butthole. I think Strange Contours. Interesting. I'm not a big fan of Secret Butthole myself. Um, stripy beanie. Yeah. Blue oh. bucket hat, brim turned up, patch. Dang, they're both so good. Solid looks, both of them. Um, stripy. Don't feel like the 90s was really a good time for you to be somebody who didn't suit warm tones. Okay. Brecken Meyer. Yeah. Oh. Whoa, we're all the way back. Oh, no. Okay, Breckenmeyer versus Stripey Beanie. Oh, no, they're it's so stripe similar. Versus stripe versus oh. One has the advantage of being a bit more ridiculous and Breckenmeyer-esque. <laughs> yes. And ponytails, pigtails, um, versus just like straight up solid dungarees, stripey shirt, stripey beanie kind of. I think I've got to go stripey one, even I though like I love it. you, Breckenmeyer. Sorry, Breckenmeyer. Okay, strange contours <laughs> versus plaid snapback. Plaid snapback. Without a doubt. Yep. Yep. Okay. Pink beret versus plaid snapback. Oh no! Plaid snapback. Plaid snapback. Yeah. Pink beret. Yeah. Look, gracious. I wow. love the pink beret, but plaid snapback. It just feels like pure Alex. Beanie. Oh no! Okay. Plaid, plaid snapback. Stripy beanie. Stripy beanie. Wow, stripy beanie. I think because it's paired with the dungarees. Mate, that's it. That's it's the winner. Beanie. It's the winner. Yeah. I would we- wear that outfit fucking now. You should. Where do we get it? We can find it. Yay! I got a shirt kind of like this off <laughs> Shine Sheen the other day. Let's not talk about the ethics of that particular <laughs> place. But okay. And dungarees are around. We can make this happen for you. Oh, my God. My Alex Mac dreams. We we'll need come to true. get you a thirty dollars ashy blonde wig uh, from like the 
I'm not sure I can handle that. Mm. Um, so let me tell you that when MTV did the task of ranking all of Alex Max, oh, hats, it's been done before. Yeah, it has. They went with Pink Beret. That's number one. I can respect that. It's just wrong. Yeah, look, you know, it's more an art than a science. I think. <laughs> I'm sorry that I had to bring all my personal tastes into it, but isn't that what we're doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sweet. All right. Hyperlocal news. Hyperlocal news. Who wants to go first? Um, what if we go like one for one? I've only got one. Um, on Bower Street in Annerley, there's been on one of the letterboxes. A, la- a pair of large black double pluggers sitting on top of the letterbox for more than a week. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody's nicked them? No. Nah. Have they been blown out? Is that why they're there? No. Well, not as far as I am aware. Oh. I just assumed it was like they blew out the thongs and so they just left them on the letterbox. Um, also, Yoronga Station is closed. What? Like, for good? It's going to be closed for, like, a year or something while they refurb it. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. Does it? Is it an accessibility? Are they rebuilding it to build in accessibility? Um, I suspect that that's probably part of it because it was not... Mm, they had a ramp down onto one of the platforms. No lifts? Like, if you were on the park side mm. rather than the Yoronga side, you couldn't really get around the other side without uh, going all the way around because it was just one of the wooden bridges over the top. Yeah. So I wonder whether or not they're building, like, some lifts in and shit like that. That would be good. Yeah. That is a big... That's going to be a big disadvantage for people in that area. I'm really glad that this has happened right after I've moved out of that neighbourhood because <laughs> that was my preferred train station to go to. Yeah. The choice between Fairfield and Yoronga, and I was right in between the two of them because going to Yoronga meant that you could walk through the park. Cool. Always an advantage. Yeah. So the person who posted about the pluggers, were they like, please come get your thongs? Nah. Okay. Oh, I think there's a curtain rod out front. I think it, no, it's just like somebody come and get them if they want them. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like for anybody. Also, my friend says that her mum saw a car that was on fire. (laughs) No further details. What a post. Don't even remember where she said it was, but it was like yesterday or some shit. Alert. I saw a car that was on fire yeah. somewhere at some time. Oh, and another one of my friends um, works for a car rental company. Yeah. And they say some stupid dickhead that I rented to racked up five days without paying and is now getting chased through small claims. Oh, no. The drama. So I just have the one thing. Yeah. Which was a letter that was delivered to this person <gasps> from a neighbour. Ooh. Ooh, I love these. Ooh, yeah. Okay. I'm <laughs> just <laughs> choking on the excitement. I love it so much I've got COVID now. It says, Dear Noisy Neighbours, To the new neighbours who moved in, located at the back of the units, right above the laundry and closest to the car park slash clothesline, now in all caps, Your walls are paper thin. Apart from the noisy daily life and chats music at the door of your bedroom, dot, 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 we were woken up this morning at around 12.30am mortified 
drifting from what we thought is a nightmare into reality with the sounds of doggy-style body-clapping sounding sex with loud moaning and groaning. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry? (laughs) You are showing very little respect to the people living all around you who have little kids who are traumatised by the noises? Question mark, question mark. (laughs) Your sexcapade was then followed by laughing and chatting until early morning hours. We can actually hear every word you say. Can you please keep it down? And please, please, please close your windows when you have sex because it's not sexy at all. This happened clearly was for them. (laughs) Yeah, they had a great time. They were laughing and chatting. Yeah. If this happens again, we will call in for noise control and will name and shame your address on the Paddington slash Milton Facebook news group. They already know. You've already identified exactly which fucking unit it is. <laughs> Please also note that when you have the door open to your bedroom, the people using the pathway can see everything in the shower, like the previous neighbours learned the embarrassing way. There are recovering sex and porn addicts living in the flats next to you who would appreciate that you keep any nudity and sexcapades private. Like nudity. Nudity. Like normal, respectful people do. Thank you in advance, your sleep-deprived neighbours. I've certainly lived places where I've been under serious misapprehensions about... Your privacy? Yeah, about where the noise is going to or bouncing off of. I I think if you're talking about, especially if everybody else who lives in the place is aware of how the noise travels and everybody else is keeping it down, the relative quiet might leave you under the impression that everybody else is just doing their thing. And, and you the can't place hear is them. Well insulated. Yeah, yeah. And this is someone who's just moved in. Yeah. So I think this is like calm down, buddy. Pri- quite an overreaction. You heard them have sex one, one time. time. They just moved in. You could just let send them a note saying, just letting you know, walls really thin. We can hear your conversations. Yeah. Just in case you want to be aware that they're not going to be very private. <laughs> Don't read out your credit card number over the phone. Yeah. Like you can just advise people without going. Um. We were mortified to be drifting from what we thought is a nightmare into reality with the sounds of doggy-style body clapping sounding sex with loud moaning and It's very Baroque, isn't it? It goes into a lot of detail. Um, So sometimes with this kind of stuff, I do wonder about what the real intent is. Mm. So, like, did I tell you about when the person was mean to me at the post office at West End? No. So it was a while back. It was probably around Christmas or something. So I was, at, I was at West End Post Office to pick up a package and there was quite a long line. And you know when you go to a place, it's like when you're inside West End Post Office, there's like maybe three counters that are anything goes. Yeah. And then there's one window that says package collection. Yeah. And it's like a different colour and a different physical setup to the other ones. Yeah. And there was this long line and there was like one person standing at the package collection window and then all of these other people in this line that seemed to feed into the anything goes counters. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't want to stand here for half an hour just because I'm too embarrassed to deal with the uncertainty. Oh, uh, yeah, where the cues go. Yeah, yeah. the setup. So 
I was like, okay, I'm going to take a chance here on the idea that it's two separate queues for two different types of servicing. And I went and stood behind the woman who's there at the packages counter and she gets dealt with and then she goes and I'm standing at the packages counter for a while. It's obviously very busy. Somebody goes, I'll be with you soon. And I continue to wait for a while. And then somebody comes and starts sorting me out with getting my package. I think I get waved to one of the anything goes counters. Oh, okay. But like I'm, I'm very much standing there waiting for a package uh, the packages counter. And yeah. then this person waves me over. And um, so I hand over, the, I'm like, oh, thank you. And I hand over the slip and she goes to find my package. And um, while the worker's away getting my package for me, this, like, this white man who I'm guessing is, like, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, like, he was a large man, um, comes up and really quite tersely is like, you know, we've all been waiting here. And I was like, oh, yeah, but I was just waiting for the package thing. And he was like, we're all waiting for packages. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't understand. And I can't. I think I'd started to sort of try and explain how I'd ended up in this scenario. Yeah. And he just cut right over the top of me and I was like, this person is not interested in, you know, he's waited until I've been served, until the person's halfway through serving me. Yeah. But this is not about restoring order and balance in terms of who's getting served next. This is absolutely about publicly shaming me. Yeah. This isn't about the outcome being that everybody gets served in order. This is about punishing me. Otherwise, he would have said something before you got served. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I was just, like, not interested and I was, like, he was, like, I don't know. He said some stuff and I was, like, I'm sure I'll bear that in mind next time I come to the post office. (laughs) And then I've got my package and then I'm bailing. Yeah. So, anyway, my broader point is I don't think that this person's purpose is or intent really is to effectively communicate to this person that they just need to keep it down. No, I think that they're annoyed by yeah, listening to the sex. It's about like establishing some sense of catharsis in relation to their own feelings of frustration. I can't tell by the way that it's phrased either if the person writing it is the one who is a sex and porn addict oh. addict who would appreciate you keep any nudity and sex escapades private, or if they're talking about a different neighbour. I think they're talking really self-righteously about a different neighbour. Yeah, it does. That's kind of the way I initially read it. But then looking back, I'm like, oh, maybe they could mean themselves. I wondered if they meant themselves, and then I was like, no, I think it would be different. I don't think that they would – I don't think the tone mm. lines – it seems less likely to me. Yeah. And I did find a comment from the person who posted it. They posted it on Reddit, not – they were like, I guess the <laughs> Facebook news groups are going to hear about my sexcapades. Um, and then someone said, like, you know, this is really over the top, but it's not hard to be considerate of your neighbours. And they replied, like, yes, uh, like, I agree. Like, in all honesty, as funny as the encouragement to just be even louder is, I don't actually want to disturb my neighbour's sleep and I don't particularly want them to hear me having sex. So, of course, I'm going to try and keep it down and shut my goddamn windows. Just don't be a dick to me about it next time. But also, thanks for the meme, Karen. So, like... most places that I live, I don't hear people having sex. Yeah. So, generally, my basic assumption is that houses tend to trap the sound of people having sex 
Which makes me think that I don't need to worry too much when I have sex. It's a problem when you're in apartment blocks, though, because sound really bounces around. And if you're higher up than the surrounding houses, sound can really travel. See, I had this idea. I lived at Emily, um, like, years back in a place near Junction Park School, which was like a six-pack of apartments stacked on each other. Yeah. And they faced out to nothing. And you would never hear anything from the other apartments. Huh. And across the road from me was actually like a disused convenience store, like a, of a Queenslandery style. And so I was like, it's going out. There's nothing out there for it to bounce off because I'm higher. And it's just going out to this convenience store. Yeah. Never got a noise complaint. I never heard anybody else's stuff, really. Oh, that's good. And so I think I sort of carried with me this expectation that sound would that's how dissipate sound would work. No, out. like being a house sitter and cat sitter, I've gone and stayed in a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. And like I think about the apartment blocks around the bottom of the valley where there's lots of like towers. Oh, you, and they face each they other. They face each other. You can hear everything. When I lived on campus, I lived in a college where my room faced into a laneway with another college on the other side. And yeah, yeah for sure, you heard everything. The sound would kind of bounce between the buildings. Yeah. So you would hear the surrounding units, but also hear across the way. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like sometimes sound lower down can kind of be amplified by bouncing between mm. the buildings. Like it can get, be quite loud, even though you're quite high up. Like if you hear a motorbike down the bottom. Yeah. Um, I kind of liked it though. It was kind of like a sweet neighborhoody kind of yeah. you know well it's young people as well and nobody's got anything yeah. you know major going on that they've got to take care of aside from assignments i mean it was nice yeah 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 and nobody was i suppose everybody's so young that nobody's effective enough at sex to have any that's that loud <laughs> I feel like that's when you have the loudest sex is when you're really young and, like, doing it all the time. It's not been my experience. Maybe the other way around. All right. Yeah. Okay, so that's all I had. I only had the one. Uh, I can probably dig something else up. I got... I did get a follow-up. Do you remember some time ago I talked about the plant stealing going on in New Farm? Yes. It's still going on. Oh, no surprises there. And just more people are getting ring doorbells and stuff, so they're getting more (laughs) footage of people stealing plants. Oh. Just recently, this is in um, Westender, westender Mm westender.com.au, Brisbane's urban voice. (laughs) Um, John O'Shree got fined for standing in the middle of the Queen Street Mall holding up a sign protesting the federal government's expansion of the cashless welfare card last September. Yeah. And he appealed that. Um, He got issued with an infringement notice for conducting a public assembly in a mall, which was not authorised under the Peaceful Assembly Act, 92. Um, And there's also some part of Brisbane City Council's local laws that was an issue so this is about september 2020 um and john o'shree says the protest involved only five people four people holding signs and one person filming and it didn't involve blocking roads walkways or access to businesses and there weren't amplified speeches they just stood quietly in the middle of the wall holding signs for about 15 minutes so that's not really a assemblage 
I don't know. I'm not familiar with that legislation, so yeah. I couldn't say. Um, from from a like a legalistic yeah. sort of perspective, I'm not from really a comment- comment- commenting on whether yeah. or not it's a legitimate sort of it's me as a, looking at it from a common sense understanding of those terms. I would be like, that's like it's a group. It's not like gathering. Anyway, yeah. So it's council, not a crowd. council rejected um, John O'Shree's appeal through its internal appeals processes. <sighs> um. So Shree says he's going to take it to the Maggie's court. Ooh. He says that he's taking a stand against attacks on basic civil liberties. Good call. But guess, also, this is a what, good way to amplify what he was yeah, uh, protesting getting, about. Getting in trouble about it. Mm. Yeah. That's Trizand effect. Blah, blah, blah. We'll shut you up by putting you on the front page of the newspaper. Yeah. Um, he got in trouble in August 2019 um, or something. No, the Lord Mayor took him to court to try and prevent a lawful, peaceful street march. I forget which one that was. Uh, Kangaroo Point. Sweet. Yeah, I remember he him getting arrested at that. So that's local news. Also, um, in the picture that goes with the article, yeah, he's wearing a really nice... Uh, it's a good hat. Pink beanie. Yep. And um, looks like he's wearing a Vernon Arkey T-shirt. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty cool. Speaking of cool hats, did you say it's a woolen beanie? No, no. Okay. Cool beanie. Yeah. Woolen beanie. Vernon Arkey shirt. Yeah. I was just talking about the beanie again. Oh, you wanted to go straight back to the beanie. I'm sorry. All right. I get it. You're racist. <laughs> I'm telling Vernon Arkey on you. No. <laughs> Don't. He's going to be mad. He lives on this side of town. He's going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the pink beanie. You're allowed. Have we come to an end? We did it. Okay. Um, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Yes. Episode? I don't. I'm still mad. <laughs> I don't hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, please check us out on Instagram. Um, we are at Online Mole Patrol and our website is onlinemolepatrol.com, which will have the show notes and links for everywhere you can get more podcast stuff. We'll be back in a fortnight, in theory. (laughs) In theory. Okay, see you then. (laughs) Bye. Bye.